dear friends, welcome to Latvia TV India. More and more people understand that we need a global change of our society format to the creative one. But now, how do we envision the creative society? Do we want this change? Millions of people around the world are already acting. And today, we are going to find out the vision of our special guest. So, my name is Olga, and my co-host for today is Tatiana. Tatiana, hello. Hi, Morgan. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I'm very happy to introduce our today's guest, Vaishali Bafner. She's an international brain gym consultant, founder of Sinkashram, a center for learning and holistic growth for all ages. Uh, welcome, Ms. Bafner, to our live conversation. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And we would like to ask you to tell about yourself a little bit more. So what is Think Ashram actually is and uh, what gives you strength and motivation to achieve your goals, to develop, and uh, maybe you have a motto of your life, what it is and so on. So Think Ashram is a very uh, unique name. And this is a question which is asked to me by anyone. I mean, everyone who hears this name. And it is actually coined keeping uh, two words in mind. One is an English word, which is to think. And the other is a Hindi word, which is ashram. And ashram means a home where you connect with spirituality, which, where you connect with your own spirits. And uh, my center is basically an amalgamation of the growth of, that has happened in the West as well as the East. The idea is to amalgamate, to think, and to connect with your own spirits, to become inner-directed, to deal with any challenge in life. And uh, we work with uh, two-month-old babies, and uh, we have even 75 to 80-year-olds, uh, men and women, who uh, attend our programs. And uh, this is in a way to create that one drop that would create that ripple to actually connect and make more and more people inner-directed, more self-reliant, more self-sustained. So that is what uh, Think Ashram is about. Uh, my strength and the motivation, the biggest, uh, biggest one is, uh, you know, we all, when we learn to walk, we take baby steps. We take baby steps, we go off balance, we again fall, we get up and we learn to walk. And when I work with these tiny kids and people who are so experienced, adults, even 50, 60, 70 year olds. And when I see them making that effort to take these baby steps, smile when they fall and get up again to bring a positive change in their lives. Uh, I think that is my biggest, biggest motivation for Think Ashram to continue and my work to continue. Uh, there is a motto that we follow and I think that's the way I follow life. It is your connect with your mind-body. Know your mind-body connect to become a purposeful human being. To know what you are inside and what you can contribute to the outside. So the given receiving, the giving and receiving with the world is possible only when we know ourselves as well as what is beyond us. So that is me and Think Ashram. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's like, wow, what you're doing in your life, it's really wow. Thank you so much. And what, uh, how you mentioned before, we are all babies, small babies, who is like whole our life learning and how to live and everything. And also how you say we are receiving and giving. We cannot just receiving every time. We need to re giving involved something kind, I don't know, be a human, yes. And so I have a question. Uh, how do you think uh, is, it, is a true human being? What makes us humans? Being inner-directed makes us humans. Seeking within and not without makes us humans. We have evolved not by just looking around, we have evolved by looking within. 
by changing from within. So what we have built around us over the years is a society that has evolved through many uh, class systems, many uh, categorizations on the basis of language, religion, geographical boundaries. And in that whole process, we have figured 10,000 ways to analyze and categorize a person, but we have forgotten that where we stand, where are we? A human being is not about categorizing, looking at their own species differently. A human being is all about looking at yourself as being a part of the others. And that all begins with starting to look at yourself, analyzing yourself, working with yourself, seeking from within, rather than seeking from without with, the, with expectations that you have or um, uh, you know, driven by judgments, driven by expectations. Let's have all of that for ourselves. And that makes us true human beings. Yeah, really great, great. Wonderfully said, actually. Yeah, so then um, we reflect, yeah, what we have inside uh, into our outer world, and that's how this world exists now. And um, that is also the reason why we are asking people this question how, uh, about the society they would like to live in. We call it a creative society, but actually it's a society which each person dreams of. Yeah, and we all want to live in peace, in harmony, in uh, friendly relationships, in harmonious relationships with people. And uh, firstly, uh, judging by your words, I think it's necessary to come into harmony with yourself, first of all, yeah, be friendly uh, from inside and so on. Uh, judging by your words, that firstly, it's uh, what we translate into our world. And anyway, so how do you envisage this creative society of, the pro of our society? And uh, what is the creative development of the society? Creativity has been confused with ability for a long time. Creativity requires uh, ability, but ability is not an essential. A creativity makes you able and the ability makes you more creative. It is a very yin and yang kind of connect. Over the years, we as society have only understood that one correct connect, which is creativity to build ability. And um, that has made our societies very competitive, very, uh, very linear directed, uh, that, that we have lost reciprocity. And what I feel is that we human beings are evolved. We have evolved the most amongst all the species and we are builders. We are actually the builders of our own species. That is how we have taken responsibility of ourselves. I'm going to take a very simple example. If we want to, if we have some clay in front of you and you see a, a, a tree in front of you, what do we do? We look at that tree and then we perceive the tree in a certain way. And then we build using our hands, our abilities, we build that tree. In the process of building, we are not trying to ape that tree. We have mapped that tree internally in our system and we have built, we have created something. It may be, it may look like that tree or it may look different. But what we learn is that we honor the space of that tree we honor what we have built. In the process, we learn patience to see how the, our creation ends up in. If we want to recreate, we, should, we are okay with breaking it down and making it again, which is about resilience. And it is about the faith in ourselves that, no, I have mapped it, and this is my work, and taking pride in it, and to acknowledge my growth. Um, a creative society, for me, would have these elements. The elements to perceive and not judge. The element of responding to that perception 
by creating your own being and having the patience to allow itself to impact and make a difference to the world. A creative society would be more aware, definitely more self-aware, which will increase self-esteem, which also will make it inner-directed. And I keep using this word, which is very important. All of this actually builds resilience. So creativity is not just about creating, creating something. Creativity is about resilience. Creativity is about patience. Creativity is about having a firm faith in yourself, honoring others and honoring yourselves. So uh, these are the features, characteristics that would truly uh, make a society creative, according to me. Yeah, thank you so much for your opinion. I like your example, yeah. And also I want to add about, yes, if we could uh, do from bad, from good world to bad world, what, why we cannot, how you said, rebuild from bad world where we live now, like war and everything, to good one, yes? To take our responsibility and to do it, to do it together because uh, just united we can do a lot, not by one by one, like just together. Thank you so much for your opinion about creative society. Uh, and after conducting thousands of interviews with people of uh, like all over the world, stages and foundation of building a creative society were formed uh, and described in the article. You may read the full version of uh, the article at the alatraunites.com website. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's our alatraunites website uh, where you can find uh, eight foundation of the creative society. And uh, also let's watch a short video of how this uh, eight foundation will form it. I wanna ask our technical support to show a video how this eight foundation will form it. This Creative Society project was born by the initiative of the people themselves. After we carried out many social surveys, interviews, conferences and well we talked to many people really all over the world these eight foundations of the creative society is the result of the desire the demand of the people themselves because they talk about it. They tell us how they want to live, where, in what world, in what kind of society they want to live, what values are the most important for them. And after analyzing everything, we understand that yes, there are these eight foundations that now we can share with everybody. It is a complex of values of each person in this world. We know that you get uh, familiar with these stages and foundation of building the creative society. Could you please share your opinion about them? How will your life like change it if all the eight foundations are implemented and practiced in society? Having a creative society is going to, the first change that it will make in our lives is uh, clarity. We get clarity. We are so clouded with uh, uh, tons of information, uh, judgments, fears, expectations, um, opinions about every event that is happening all over the world. Um, having a truly creative society will definitely help to clear that cloud uh, that will give us insights 
insights to evolve further instead of being stuck in the process. So that is where I feel that a creative society would um, really make a difference to humanity. And it's high time that we, we make that change. Uh, we have all become um, uh, fixers, you know, like the repair workers. We are constantly repairing and repairing and repairing. There's no creation happening. We are, the, you know, when you have a repair worker, when you have a machine and you call a repair worker, what happens? It just creates dependency. The machine will work as long as there is a repair worker who can come and repair the machine. And in other words, there is just, I need him, I need him. And that is, what is it feeding? Consumerism. That is what it is feeding. We need to make a society of builders. Builders who build, where we build ourselves, not build the world. We are not here to fix nature. We are not here to fix the world. We are here to build ourselves in this world. So I'm sure that the eight foundations will um, you know, uh, help to achieve self-sustenance, which will give more freedom to live and it will, uh, it will encourage independent growth, thriving in this world in the true sense. And we really need to get out of this uh, mindset of fixing, mindset of repairing to the mindset of creating so that we don't become dependent. So yes, that would be my view about a creative society and having a world with that sort of a society. Uh, you're absolutely right. And as you mentioned, this ripple effect, yeah, when we fi fix ourselves, but not like fix, but built it as a creative, creators let's say so yeah not like uh, uh, some carpenters or people who just uh, come and repair something yeah but when we uh, make ourselves creators really uh, humans who can build something really beautiful out of themselves first of all and as a consequence uh, produce this ripple effect on the reality on the world yes yeah? so that, that is the creative society actually it's the humans yeah pe people who are who are doing it who are, who are building it and uh, um, one of the foundations of the creative society is uh, uh, human safety so uh, what conditions should be created so that every human is ensured safety in all spheres uh, and in all aspects like psychological, social, emotional, physical and uh, other aspects, all aspects of uh, society, I mean, inside the person and outside. The most important uh, thing is here, I feel the question that comes to my mind is what, what is our perception about fear? Is fear really a bad thing? How much fear is really fear and how much fear is self-created? Are we creative in creating safety or have we become creative in creating stress and fear? So fear physiologically is a mechanism which is there in our system to protect us. Fear is the other word for safety. When a small child keeps his hand away from fire, he knows that, that fear is guiding him to keep himself safe. I go back again and again to the point that what is driving our fear? Is it really our innate self that is creating that fear? Or is it this whole barrage of information, opinions, uh, everybody else's fears that, that we make our own, that creates the fear? So the eight foundations that you're talking about, it, they all have to be built within us. One person building that foundation will affect his family. When he affects his family, it will affect his community. And when he affects his community, it is going to affect his or her society. The society will affect the country and the country will affect the world. So 
there are lots of aspects that we need to uh, clearly understand that our connotations of uh, fear, our connotations of safety, our connotations of protection, our connotations of need, are they really what we need? Is it really something that we, that we need to fear? Is our need really uh, our need? Or is it our lust, our greed? So as I feel that as we work on a team of people who build this creative society, there's a lot of discussion that will help brainstorming and sharing with each other that will help to determine and clear this thread, you know, clear this whole, um, the muck of consumerism and fixations that we have developed to actually get these foundations, understand them and have them in our system because they are not as difficult as they look like. They are simple. They are simple and God lies in simple things. So we need to just simplify these things and we will know that these foundations were always there in us. We just need to acknowledge, uh, we need to uh, revive them. A lot of things around us have just uh, subdued all these things which are there within us. So, uh, yes, the foundations and the pillars of the creative society. I am, uh, we, I'm very hopeful that these would be discussed to come to a point where we are able to simplify and understand uh, simplistic living, which would be creative living. Yeah, yeah. Yes. it's absolutely right. These uh, eight foundations, they are really very simple and uh, they are close to heart to every person, actually. Yeah. So, and you are correct to say that we have just to revive this memory, yeah, to remind people that these are the basis not only of the society, but actually of humans of us, yeah, and uh, this um, uh, condition, the situation when people really feel safe inside, yeah, it, uh, uh, as you correctly said, all these fears come mo mostly from the outside, and uh, not only from uh, mass media, but also from people around us, but actually, uh, it influences only when we are unstable, yeah, only when we have our own fears, and so on, uh, but when, if, uh, or when, yeah, we have this um, safe conditions when we know that uh, at least all our basic needs are satisfied yeah and we don't have to be afraid of tomorrow or the, to think how to survive and so on uh, most of the fears of that kind will, will disappear by themselves right so uh, uh, the concept of uh, safety really is very uh, urgent yeah and very uh, vital and very essential and you're absolutely uh, correctly connected it with the idea of fear. Uh, that's what we, uh, and by the way, this fear, it uh, really rules uh, people, so to say. Yeah, People can make um, bad things and bad decisions you know, when they are guided by fear. That is why human safety is so important, both uh, uh, when that we feel safe and we know that society um, saves us um, and uh, supports us in our social needs. So, thank you very much. Thank you, Tatiana. Thank, thank you, Vaisali, for your... Thank you so much. Opinion. Yes, it's really true, I agree. And uh, let's move on for next, for next question. And, uh, you know, informational technology provides us with uh, a lot of open search of researches, but the uh, credibility of researches available needs to be checked. How can transparency and openness of information be maintained, uh, main, maintained to make information avail available, available for all? Sorry for my <laughs> Russian pronouncement. <laughs> Did you understand my question? Uh, I could you just repeat it? Yes, yeah, could you repeat it? Uh, how do you think? How can transparency, transparency and openness of, informa of informational be maintained to make informational available for all? Uh, 
the information explosion that has um, happened uh, because of the advancement in technology has had its uh, pros and cons. Um, on one hand, the information explosion uh, definitely has reached out to um, many people who would not have the, the opportunity to avail of that and have that the basic foundation or the meat to even think on. So think about. So definitely information explosion helps there. Uh, at the same time, that that there are people who have become very very dependent on this information. And uh, again, it, they every it, and they are very comfortable functioning on secondary information. We have lost primary data. What is our primary data? That is something which has kind of got lost. Uh, transparency in information sharing uh, definitely is not about just the information. It is about how the information travels, how the information is being shared. Because too much information without, uh, without connecting it to the purpose does become misleading for many people. At the same time, if the trans information is shared and made available in a transparent manner to people, there has to be some sort of guidance as to what is the purpose of this information. Because I feel that this excessive information does get misleading. And if we want to bring in more and more transparency in information sharing, it also has to be with um, honoring. It's, it has to be with honoring and understanding uh, each other's needs and the need of and the purpose of that information. I don't know if I have been able to uh, answer your question uh, uh, to your satisfaction, if that is what you were expecting. Uh, actually, we are just expecting your opinion. <laughs> that's it. Okay. There is no right or wrong answer. It's just uh, about what you think about it. And as I understand that, you mean that uh, information also should be checked, what information is given yeah, to people. And the person himself should also be aware of what, what uh, information he or she is consuming, right? Yes, it needs to be checked because I see that there is excessive information and everybody just looks at that information and they think that they know everything. Information needs to be shared with this, with the clause that this is limited. This is all limited. Even if you see a whole lot of information around you, a sea of information around you, how much ever transparent you become, there it is still limited. There is something that we add to that information, our thoughts, our insights, our analysis, our connection, our primary experiences, our understanding, which has to be keyed in into that information. So uh, I do feel at some point, at some level, uh, the access to information is overrated. Yes, it is very essential. It is very helpful, but only depending on secondary sources of information, um, is coming from a space that dependency is coming from the space where we feel that the information tells us everything. It may be a lot of information, but it is not everything. And that is what people need to understand. It is limited. So we need to make efforts and not depend on the, uh, on the sea of information that we have. It is, our, it is there to support us, but we cannot make it our crutch. So there is a two-pronged way of looking at this availability of so much information. And yes, a lot of information is available at a very, in a very transparent manner even today. Uh, internet has made a lot of things possible. There's a lot of sharing. There's a lot of transparency. And that is something that um, it is a constant endeavor people are building upon. But yes, there has to be a change in the mindset that what is available is not everything. And I think it's just also, what 
yeah. uh, necessary to, to think what information is necessary. Yeah, so we have really like too, too much information nowadays, but uh, do we really need all this, for example, I mean, uh, for the information for your development, for improving yourself, improving the society, yeah, some positive information, yes, yeah, some something good, uh, which uh, now is not so available, not all, not always available, yeah. And also, we don't know um, things about how our um, government uh, is functioning and so on. I, I mean, this kind of information which can be useful. And if, for example, talking about uh, society yeah if we see and know what each of the deputy and all of the heads of our um, cities towns and so on uh, how they are functioning what they are doing yeah and I think it would be uh, and where do they where they spend our money so to say yeah it would be much more efficient in this case I think the question is also about it yeah so yes we have a lot of information nowadays uh, internet uh, is full but uh, actually do we really have uh, the essential information the, the one that we really need for a good life for our development for understanding what is happening in the world and so on like uh, there is also secret information about our history yeah, that is even now is not uh, open right although many years uh, have already passed. So, I mean, this all uh, this is also a part of this idea about transparency because information and knowledge uh, they really make us free as humans, right? They uh, again eliminate all these fears uh, that we have to to bring us, and they can bring us uh, the safety. Uh, the feeling of safety inside us. That is why this point is also very important from this point of view that we still do not have access to all information that we really need as humans for our, for our development, for a positive and creative development of our society. Uh, I would just like to add here, you know, say this that, uh, yes, there should be transparency, but we need to understand transparent means every kind of information, the good and the bad, the good, bad and ugly, everything. And uh, is our society prepared to receive every kind of information that again goes, takes us back to the vision that, you know, to have a creative response, a creative society, because if... Uh, if we as a society become like become more resilient, able to receive the good, bad, and ugly, then yes, more and more transparency would be um, promoted. It would happen because there are two things. One is information and the other is interpretation. How one information is interpreted by different people is what uh, is important because it can create a chaos and it can uh, create better sustainability. So again, it all, um, I feel again, it is like a, a, a mutual interdependent connect, the transparency of information uh, along with the creative society, because if we are expecting that level of transparency of information, then we need the resilience in the creative society to be able to receive the information as is and interpret it in the right light. So mm -hmm. that is where, because too much of information as it is has become like overeating. That is what I would compare it with. You have like 10,000 dishes and you want to try a little bit from here, 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 here. And all that we are doing is indulging ourselves with that information. So where we are talking about a creative society, we are looking at a society to be ready to look at that information as a balanced diet and not as an indulgence. Very good point. Yeah, thank you very much.
Yes, actually, that is why these eight foundations are foundations of the Creative Society, because uh, only uh, in the pillars of the Creative Society, only when we develop and build the Creative Society, we can implement them, and vice versa. We can implement them <laughs> only when we build the Creative Society, so they are uh, just interconnection. But I like very much your point about interpretation, <laughs> yeah, and manipulation, we can also say, of information sometimes. Thank you very much. And speaking about uh, working conditions, uh, what do you think uh, should uh, working conditions and uh, social security be like so that humans can um, fulfill and could maximize their full potential and productivity? Regarding the working conditions, Working conditions have always evolved with a power equation. There has always been uh, uh, there has always been one at uh, in a powerful position determining the condition for the other who is not at parity, and that is where the the equality comes in. A creative society, if we build in the equality, which will come by honoring each other, which will come by uh, being able to accept a person's yes and an accept and accept a person no, person's no, because there is no ideal working condition. A condition that makes you happy working is the ideal working condition, and are we willing? to understand the other person's definition of happiness because we standardize happiness. If we are in a position to employ 10 people or 100 or 1,000, we standardize that, okay, I am doing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. We are fixing 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And this is good to give them a clear happiness quotient. It has to begin with honoring their other, the other person's definition of happiness. And I think any, any condition where a person is happy working is the ideal condition. It is not about working uh, 14 hours a day is bad. It is not that working uh, five hours a day is bad. For a person who, who, who is connected and who finds his joy and everything, Thing in work for him, 14 hours of working is bliss. So why can the working condition not meet the conditions of the person who wants to work to derive happiness out of it? And it is possible. All we need to do is honor them, honor their conditions of happiness. If they want to realign, they will realign. The, all the conflicts that happen in workplaces is is definitely they stem from this whole standardization that we have of happiness quotient from work. And if we take away that standardization and honor the other person, somewhere in between, we will be able to create a better working condition, a better system to work under and to work within. So that would be my view about working conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. It will be cool if you have like, condition where you work and you are happy every day you coming on your work which you love and like in creative society it's uh, like you can work four hours per day four days in a week and if you it it will be enough to live good life if you want to work more you can work more and of course you will uh, have more money but can you imagine to work four hours per day and have everything what you need and all your time you spend on your family on or what you need or what you want? Like now how we have in consumer society now we're working like 12 hours per day and you're just coming home and <laughs> straight away go to sleep because you're tired. You don't have time for yourself. Thank you so much for your opinion. And... Um, if uh, we are aware that each of us is a fundamental fundamental unit of the society and our personal choice is 
essential for the life of whole society. Uh, how do you think, um, how will society develop? Our personal choices definitely affect the society. And what I look at as a starting point is uh, we don't, we choose to demand. We don't choose to acknowledge. We talk about prosperity. We have prospered. It's not that we have not prospered. But we make a choice that it is not good enough. We choose to say that the glass is still empty. And our personal choices definitely affect the society at the fundamental level. I would take it as low as to go down to the level of simply acknowledging. I, I do feel that a creative society would be one that begins with acknowledging. Make that choice to acknowledge whatever that has been done. Acknowledge that we have grown. Acknowledge that there has been a change. Otherwise, we are constantly looking at what is not there, what we need more, but there is no stock taking happening. So uh, one of the aspects of uh, creative society, uh, which would which could actually benefit everyone would be having a sense of acknowledging, acknowledging the person who is next to you, acknowledging somebody's effort, acknowledging uh, your own state, acknowledging that, okay, this is not good enough for me. So it is my responsibility to take, to work towards it and not somebody else's responsibility to make it happen for me. Creative society is about acknowledging um, that we need to be in flow with life. We, we cannot again have a society where we fix everything. If we fix, we, we have to have the, a creative society has to be a flexible society so that the element of choice is always honored. The moment we fix the 14 hours or four hours, the moment we fix happiness and sadness, the moment we fix good and bad, we have lost our creativity. Creativity is about freedom, freedom to choose. So, uh, and it all begins with the fact that we need to acknowledge whatever we have. Acknowledge our condition, our state. It's all right. If there is misery around us, we need to acknowledge it first. How many of us just turn, our, turn away from that? It's like, not my circus, not my monkey. I don't need to look at that. So if a creative society is to be the society that is empowered with choice, it needs to grow with the foundation of acknowledging, acknowledging what is happening around you. Not that there are 10 people who have seen and acknowledged and they are talking, but you can choose to switch off that channel and not watch it. You can choose to turn away and not see it. So, uh, so yes, my view on choice would be choice on the foundation of acknowledgement because otherwise it's, it's skewed. It is not a choice. You've just decided something. There is no two sides to the balance. So what are you choosing? You need to acknowledge both sides. Yeah. Thank you very much for your understanding. It's really very profound. Thank you. And before our next question, we would like to show you and to our viewers a short video. And after that, we will discuss it. Right now, I'd like to read a short letter that one school principal sent to every teacher he employed, a very old letter but very important. Dear teacher, I have survived a concentration camp. My eyes saw things that no man should ever see. I saw how educated engineers were building gas chambers. I saw 
how qualified doctors poison children. I saw how trained nurses killed babies, how graduates of higher educational institutions shoot and burn children and women. That's why I do not trust education. I am asking you, help your pupils become humans. Your efforts should never lead to the creation of scientist monsters, trained psychopaths, educated Eichmanns. Reading, writing, and mathematics are only important when they're helping our children become more human. However, in the creative society, dear friends, in the society that we're all dreaming of, education is teaching us unity. It's teaching us to love. It is inspiring and open up our best human qualities. This is education, which teaches us how to love and respect each other, how to live in peace and friendship together. This is education that opens up our individual potential and helps us to become highly qualified specialists with high moral and human values. Yeah. So, and uh, the question is here, what changes should be implemented to build a really humane and unified society? This video reminded me of uh, this novel, uh, which is called The um, Heart of Darkness. It is by Joseph Conrad. And in that novel, there is a situation where it says that we humans who become more advanced, we become like uh, superhumans for those who are less advanced. And we feel that power, the power to influence and uh, make them dance to our tunes. And if that is not watched, if we don't have a society, if we don't have that neighbor, if we don't have that policeman, if we don't have that butler, if we don't have that homemaker next door who is watching us, it is very easy for us to get into the heart of darkness, to allow the same superhuman to do things which are not human. So the story about the whole experience about the concentration camp took me to uh, this thought that this is what it can make us. And uh, coming to your question, how do we build this love? It has to be uh, taking forward my uh, this thought about you know the experience of the concentration camp and this theory of the heart of darkness, the solution lies in equality. It lies in equality. It lies in uh, not making designations as power centers to place people in a position of such influence that they can make the other dance on their tunes. We need the power of acknowledgement, we need the power of choice making, and we need that stage of equality to exercise all this in order to see love, respect, values of peace bloom and spread. So uh, for me, it is, yes, the, these values are they, they are not high. They are just the values of human living. There is no high moral. There is no high or low about it. They are just our values of living. We all, even animals in the jungle, they honor each other. There is a hierarchy, but at the same time, there are rules that ensure equality. That rules that there are rules that ensure that a predator lives in the same jungle as a herbivore. So yes, a creative society needs those rules that ensure equality, even if there are designations, because the nature follows it. Maybe we need to study and understand it from nature. 
how to coexist with all this power play that we have, which is not going to go away because this is the way we have evolved. There will always be power play. The idea is to have the right uh, community, not watchdogs, to have that right neighbor, the right butler, the right uh, tailor, the right businessman, the right homemaker around us that helps to build a conscious of not letting the power go towards darkness and use the power to build equality. So that is what a creative society would be, the, the, the right mix of people to build a conscious that allows the stage for these values to grow. The value of love and honoring and respect and peace and nonviolence, prospering, taking, make, taking that pleasure or joy in other people's uh, joy, celebrating. How many of us celebrate? We've had a good day yesterday but, or today, but do we celebrate? Celebration has become about consumerism using our society to celebrate. Celebrate over a cup of tea with your next door neighbor or celebrate with just two beautiful words spoken to somebody. We have forgotten the meaning of celebration. So yes, these beautiful values can be anchored through a thriving community, the stage that as a backdrop and the stage of equality and celebration. If we celebrate these values, they are only going to grow more and more exponentially. That is the power of celebration. Yeah, absolutely right. Thank yes, you. Yes, and thank you. How you said we need the rules. Like we already have rules. It's the eighth foundation of the creative society. And uh, first, uh, a foundation is uh, human life, where it says, uh, where this foundation are teaching us to love each other, to respect each other, and uh, I don't know, and to live in safe world. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for your opinion. And and also, um, as we are testing the series of uh, six handshakes, uh, whom you would like to invite for, na for our next conversation? and to hear his or her vision of the creative society. Uh, with this ethos in mind, I can think of a him and her both. It's a beautiful, wonderful couple. And uh, uh, they choose to bring in the communal feeling uh, our society has got lots of exchange relationship. Everything has become about give and take, give and take. We need to revive this communal feeling amongst ourselves. And uh, uh, they do it through music, to bring in the communities together through music. And uh, uh, they're a wonderful couple. Uh, I would uh, name them as uh, the, his, uh, Roberto Naren and Vasundara Das. Um, they both are accomplished uh, musicians. Uh, Roberto plays uh, drums and uh, Vasundara is a great singer. She's a lovely singer. And uh, they both uh, chose to make music a tool to bring in communal harmony and communal spirit despite their own uh, separate careers. So, uh, yes, I, I, I would strongly recommend uh, this couple. It would be also an interesting format, like to, to, to invite a couple <laughs> to, to talk about the creative society. Thank you very much for your opinion. It's really very enriching conversation. And um, we, uh, at least for me, it was really enriching. And I and got some new understandings of this concept that we have been discussing today. Thank you. And uh, I hope our viewers also have enjoyed this 
live conversation a lot. And uh, I would like to invite our viewers to visit our website, allatreunite.com. And there you will find a red button, join us, that you can press and become a part of the Creative Society project. And I would also like to mention that for nowadays, it's really very important to voice your opinion about that. And uh, that's how you do it, uh, by joining us, uh, pressing this button, because now we are on the first informational stage. And in order to go to the next one, we uh, need to have um, to understand, uh, do people want it? Do people like it? Do people want to live in another format of the society? That is why if you support this idea, if this uh, kind of society close to your heart, please uh, join this project on our website, alatreunites.com. Olha. No. Thank you so much. Also, thank you so much for your wonderful conversation, our wonderful conversation. And also, uh, dear viewers and uh, Mrs. Vaishali, we have a nice present for you. It's an uh, anthem uh, of the humanity, which was presented for the first time at the conference, what the prophets dreamed of, which took place on the 20th of March, 2021. I would like to tell that this song was writing and this script was made by participants of the Creative Society project. So enjoy. Enjoy the song. Oh, prophets dream of peace and love. Impure, united, happy. 